This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Are you Arab and from GLBTI community? Halim is a new community social group supporting those from Arab background and other nationalities who speak Arabic. Halim celebrates the unique cultural background and diverse sexuality of Arab people of the community. Gatherings are held monthly on the first Wednesday of the month. For more information, search Halim Melbourne on Facebook. Extended Families Australia is a not-for-profit organization providing respite, social and community involvement for kids with disabilities and their families across Melbourne and the Mornington Peninsula. Our volunteers provide friendship, assistance and mentoring to young people to help them overcome barriers whilst developing their skills. You can help volunteer your time and provide much-needed support to kids in need. Training provided. Call 93 or visit extendedfamilies.org.au for more info. Joy 94.9, live, loud and proud from AIDS 2014, the 20th International AIDS Conference, with thanks to the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their support. You're on the sports bag on Joy 94.9, myself, Dukes, Malcolm Campbell, Joy Wallace is our guest co-host this evening. Joy, um, congratulations, Sydney 2000, you know, 14 years ago. Uh, what went through your mind when you had the, the winning jump on the trampoline that won you the silver medal? Well, I mean, you know, being at home in Sydney, first time the trampoline's been at Olympic Games, it was lots of things were going on and most of the people in the crowd actually got given their tickets through the ballot they didn't actually want to go to trampoline but they put in you know t- um, whatever they could for tickets and they got trampoline so and you gave them the night of their lives well they were they were kind of going what the hell is trampoline and is there an australian and who knows and you know for the last 10 years i'd been training for gold yeah. so for for it all to come together the way it really did yeah. was magic and special and even up to a month ago sean and i were walking uh, uh, in the street close to where we live and we had somebody stop us and said you're, you you're, you're Joe Wallace I was at your event and it was brilliant we had <laughs> such a good time there, there are a lot of Australian Olympians out there that have won silver or bronze and they you know they get criticised for not being able to go one step further and win gold I spoke to David Morris on another community station earlier this year after he brought back silver from Sochi the Winter Olympics and um, yeah, people were saying oh it's a disgrace you should have got gold he tried his hardest he did and you can't be at him and, and the thing is, what I'm trying to get out, listeners, is you can't be like that, you know, oh, you know, I failed because I didn't win gold. You didn't win gold. You won silver. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're, a, you're an Olympian. Yeah. You've got B, a medal. You're on a medal. Well, that's a medal. The big thing is getting to the Olympic team is a big achievement. Of course. Massive. Absolutely and being massive. in the world stage. And there's lots of people that get this close and, and don't that. qualify. And there's lots of people that come fourth yeah. and fifth that I are this that. close, but they walk away with nothing. So perfect, the fact that somebody has a medal. Example, Brooke Stratton, who's a long jumper, a friend of mine in, uh, Box Hill um, was diagnosed with celiac disease um, six months ago and it, it rocked her for a couple of months she came back fit and strong and um, she actually qualified for the Commonwealth Games squad um, last week did a hamstring oh yeah nightmare and that's what happens when you become an elite athlete you become so cotton wooled mm. that you don't do anything extracurricular you get up you go to training you go home you rest you get up you go to mm-hmm. training you go home and rest because things like that happen all the time it happens to me all the time as well. No, <laughs> I, get injured, I get injured every week. I'm going to the Gay Games in two weeks, and this week's a leg injury. Last week was a I neck. I saw muscles, not an injury. <laughs> no, sore, sore um, like strain. <laughs> so, 
next thing, the outfit you wore at, at, at Sydney, do you still have it? I do. Yes? I do. That could um, be worth lots of money. You know, I actually, the, my medal was misplaced for about six years. You told me this off my, there earlier. My mum... Uh, mum lost it. Blame her. No, absolutely. <laughs> mum did lose it because she actually rolled it up in my outfit from the Olympics. Yeah. And then when I've, I was asking for it over a number of years, she would check around the house and never check inside in, no, the wrapping. because you wouldn't expect it. So, so you've got that and, you know, that... That's and how did you find the middle? Well, because we were going to a party in London at the London Games. And you were going to wear it. And No, no, no. <laughs> Sean wanted to wear it. Oh, are you a bit tired on him? I was just going to wear my pants. Yeah. And my pants oh, he were, wanted to wear the top. I'm, I'm 20 kilos heavier than I was at the Olympics, so the pants was quite squeaky. But uh, the fact <laughs> that mum found the pants... But she, she the, top, unra- the top would be tight on him. No, she unravelled the pants and yeah. inside was the medal for Sean uh, to wear. Oh, the medal. I right, thought so you meant the top. The, Sean uh, won the, the medal. medal. We found Listen. it. <laughs> so if we never went to that party, yeah. I still wouldn't know where my oh, medal was. Oh, there you go. A, mm. a feel-good story there. Um <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about HIV positive, um, Jai, when you were first diagnosed. Um, I read an article a couple of weeks ago on the on the age.com.au website, and you mentioned at the time when you were first diagnosed that it was like a, a bomb going off inside your head. Of course. Of course. I mean, I grew up with... You know, I was still only 12, I guess, when the Grim Reaper ad came oh, out. I love those. So... Bowling ball, knock them over. <laughs> they should bring that back so, and no, scare could, people. Could you imagine? Um, no, but it still was scaring me to this day because yeah. when I got diagnosed, that was one of the first things that went in my head. The Grim Reaper. Yeah. That he was going to take you away. It was, well, I was, I'm educated enough to realise and, and know better than yes. that. But that was my worry about my parents yeah. and about friends that are outside of the community, mm-hmm. that what was going to happen to me. Mm. I knew that I was okay. Mm. I knew that get yourself on treatment and you can live a full, happy life. Of course you can. You're uh, educated. But a, but a lot of people don't understand that, and that's mm. probably the one of the main reasons why I stuck my hand up and said I'm living with HIV. Yeah, because it's you're be- out there educating people, showing that they can live a normal, everyday that's life. That's right. Just, just take a few drugs every day and you'll be fine. Educate yourself. Mm. Get yourself on therapy. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still a difficult thing to deal with. Mm. But in hindsight, I wouldn't have panicked as much as I did because I'm healthy, I'm fit, I'm healthy, I've yeah, fallen in love with the man, uh, fallen in love. With the man of your dreams. With the man of my dreams. <laughs> um, and that's all come about since yeah, my exactly. diagnosis. So, yeah, life is possible. It would have been quite a shock at the time to discover that you'd contracted HIV from, from your partner at the time. Yes, yeah, of course. I mean, he came home and, uh, and said, I've got something to tell you, I've just returned a positive test and you know i was super worried about him but then in that same split second i, I worried was about yourself thinking about myself also yeah. but to add to the drama the day before is when he actually returned the positive test and was notified but that was and i had done which i'd done for many many years stupid thing on facebook going happy uh, happy anniversary silver medal uh, i don't know where you are mm-hmm. um i hope you're having a great life wherever you are so it was 11 years to the day yeah. the, of my win at the games yeah, so he, he, he felt he couldn't tell me yeah so he waited 24 hours before he could oh, tell me that was good of him oh well yeah it look wouldn't have mattered whether it was <laughs> no. that day or the next <laughs> no. week. No. And then exactly. you go and have your test and exactly. there you are. But you know, one of the frustrating, one of the very difficult things for me was I was living overseas. Mm. So in that, England? That, you know, in Canada. So Canada. that, that oh, became, that became, right. uh, that became a problem. And then disclosing it to work and mm. disclosing it to the border guard, there was a big drama that surrounded that. Mm. Uh, but we, we got through it. I came home and... 
I know a number of people here at the International AIDS Conference have said that Australia is very lucky in so many ways. And even from Canada, I knew I had to come home to be looked after properly. Yeah, because you know what it's like in this country. Right, and I've travelled around the world many times and every time you come home... You feel safe. You do, you feel safe and you feel looked after and you feel content. So Australia, yeah, we do such amazing work here in so many different aspects of the world. We really do have to be grateful for what we have Mm -hmm. rather than, you know, running and protesting against Bill Clinton. Listeners out there, if you want to join in the conversation this evening, you've got a question that you want to ask us that you want Mal or myself to ask Jai Wallace this evening, uh, text us in 04 Joy949, which is 0427 You can send an email to... On air at joy.org.au. Thank you very much. And uh, if you, you might be here, listeners, at the Melbourne Exhibition Convention Come outside, see us. Wandering, across the, wandering along the Yarra River. Come inside of the Global Village and say hello. I'll happily sign an autograph. Oh, so Joy, after the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pierce Morgan, I've got to ask you about. An inspiring interview with Greg Laganis, of course, right. uh, a four-time Olympic diving gold right. medalist. Um, you know, Greg Laganis revealed he was gay and HIV positive in his autobiography in 1995. Mm-hmm. You watched that interview that Piers Morgan did with yeah, Greg I, Laganis, and I, that I, obviously inspired you to, to come out. Yeah, it was just after the party that I wore my pants at. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was sitting there watching watching the interview, and I've met Greg a number of different times, and the fact that what really made me proud was Piers was talking to Greg as Greg, like yeah. we were discussing Not before. as Greg the gay Not as or the HIV, gay Greg or, or the HIV, HIV positive Greg. Greg. Just it was Greg, about Greg. Greg. How's your life? What are you up to? What's new? Mm. How's your health? What, you know, what, have you been, what have you been doing? So it was really, it was great and that gave me enough confidence to write to Piers mm. and say thank you for a great interview. I'm in a very similar position to Greg mm. and what I did at the same time as I I wrote that to the Sydney, Sydney Star Observer, Observer because I wanted an Australian media outlet that had has been very supportive of my career mm. uh, to be able to run with it if something happens with CNN. Mm. So and uh, and Sydney that's your outing here. Yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And, I remember. And then reading you that. actually wrote a letter to Pierce Morgan when you got home like that night. Yep. which which surprisingly went viral on the Star Observer website in yeah. Sydney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that um that well, that was my thank you to him. Who knows if he ever got it? I, yeah, I never got a reply. But hopefully, I wanted just to express His my show thanks. Got axed, though. <laughs> a little while later. Yeah, no, I just wanted to. I just wanted for him to say be, thank you. To know that uh, I was appreciative. Yeah, that's right. And hearing that interview about Greg Luganis. Now, Greg Luganis is going to be at the Gay Games in Cleveland mm-hmm. coming up. So I'm going to go we along tried and to get him, out him here to Melbourne, but yeah, he didn't wasn't have coming. Finances. No, he wasn't coming to the show. <laughs> Maybe Steve should have paid for him to come. <laughs> <laughs> And I have to, I have to ask you before we do go to a break. And Adit Taslim from Rumah Samara in Indonesia joins us. Um, you came out as HIV positive first. Four years later, you came out as gay for the first time in public. No, wrong way around. Oh, wrong around. way around. Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I, I get my uh, facts wrong once again. Um, so you came out as gay first. And four years later, you came out with HIV, uh, HIV positive for the first time. Yeah, obviously you had the Sydney 2000 games in between. So Sydney 2000 games, your, your whole life sort of takes a step back. Because yeah, you're concentrating bef- on Before what the you're games, doing. my whole life. 
Because trampoline made its debut at the Sydney Games, I grew up in trampoline where it was just a backyard sport. Yeah. So it was really fun. We were only training three times a week until it made the, the Olympic Olympics. Cup. Then everyone's like, then wow, we've got to get on with it. My life changed in that moment, mm. training towards that. So I had this amazing opportunity that no other trampolinist had ever been given yeah. and no other trampolinist will ever be given again because it will never make its debut again. It no. will never be in the home country of somebody yeah. who's doing it for the first time. So it was a really unique opportunity for me to stamp my you know, my name on trampoline when, in the history books yeah. and, and that's what I did so everything took a back seat for that When did they announce it before Sydney that it was going to become a... Nin- 98 98, so you had two years, two yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Good, because they were of, settling the sports And yeah. then of course you moved to Canada for a role with Cirque du Soleil, what a perfect role for a silver medalist trampolinist Yes, well I, uh, yeah, I coached uh, trampoline in China for a number of years, I went to Canada with the Cirque, I went to uh, Macau with the Cirque, then I went to, back to Canada for the coach for coaching for circus, so I can teach you to do a backflip. Huh? I could do it. <laughs> I don't think Duke could though. Yeah, I could teach you both. I'm not that flexible. Maybe a handstand for. Joy, thanks, thanks for coming in, joining us on Joy this evening. You're going to stick around Welcome. for the rest of the show. Absolutely, looking forward to it, boys. Coming up very yeah. shortly, Adit Taslam, listeners from Rumus Samara in Indonesia. He's going to talk to us a bit about what Rumus Samara do. Apparently, they use sports to improve the leadership amongst greater involvement of people living with HIV. Beautiful. Sport brings people together. It does. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.